0: Hey, family, what's up? This is your boy, Pastor Rick, and welcome to Simon Says. Today, we're going to talk about rejection. You need to get ready. Family, I'm excited about today because we're going to talk about rejection and um, it's a much needed topic. So I want you to really, really lean in with me today uh, for our first episode on rejection because it's going to get real deep. I've, I've really discovered that rejection is very attractive and seductive. I'm going to say it again. Rejection is very attractive and seductive. Let me me share this with you. I remember a time when I was young, and uh, I was growing up, I had braids in my hair. And uh, I'm a talented musician, I play drums, I play keyboard, and now I'm pastor. And uh, I was at a conference, and I wanted to play drums at this conference, and I had braids in my hair. And I was told, you cannot play the drums if you have braids in your hair. I was rejected. Not in my house. I could not use my gift. Now, here's the crazy thing. Rejection will make you feel like you're insignificant, although you know your gift is valuable. Although you know your gift is great, rejection will make you feel like you're insignificant, like your gift doesn't va- doesn't matter. You don't have any value with your gift or your talent. Um, and I'll never forget it, man. I was really, really broken because I could not share my gift. And here's, here's the crazy thing. I'm a pastor, but here's the crazy thing. I was rejected in church. I couldn't play the drums in church because I had braids in my hair. Now, that was an early childhood uh, experience that created trauma in my life. And I kind of was like David. If you read David, you'll see what I'm getting ready to articulate. Because rejection is attractive and seductive, I was attracted to the very thing that I was rejected by. So I was running after rejection in order to fulfill my desire to not be rejected anymore. What do you mean by that? All right, let me give you an analogy through scripture, all right? Because I know most of y'all like, I ain't coming to church. but let me help you. Here it is. David was rejected by his father, Jesse. You remember, if you don't know, let me give you the story real quick. Um, He was in the field and the prophet Samuel came. And said, hey, I got to anoint the new king that's getting ready to come forth. He's in your house. Seven other sons came out. The oil didn't flow. And then the prophet asked, do you have another son? And uh, Jesse said, yeah, but you don't want you don't want him. You know, he's in the field working. You, you don't really want him. And Samuel said, we will not sit until he comes. So David comes out. The oil flows. And he goes out. Back to the field. Samuel leaves. He was rejected by his own father now catch this he's a child but he was rejected he gets around Saul who is the king and the bible says that Saul tries to kill David he eluded him twice Saul tries to throw a spear at David and kill him and he eluded him twice but David finds himself here it is running back after Saul he's following Saul why because he's attracted to the very thing he was rejected by His father rejected him so he's attracted to rejection and he's running after Saul who is rejecting him because he didn't get his own father's love so he's running after that but still being rejected that's how rejection can seduce you I want you to lean in to catch that rejection can seduce you and the four things that rejection wants to do in your life is change your purpose catch it if I'm running after Saul I'm not fulfilling my purpose If I'm running after the very thing that I've been rejected by, I'm not fulfilling my God-ordained purpose. Hey, David, you're anointed to be the king. You're not anointed to run after people, right? You're anointed. So rejection will change your personality. Uh, It will change your purpose. Here's a personality too. David, you need to understand that you are the next king. You can't be Saul. And he teaches us this. When Saul tries to put his armor on him and he says, I can't move in this. I can't I can't run in this because rejection seeks to change your personality. When I was rejected, this is what it made me do. It made me want to be like the people that rejected me. So I started to dress like them. I started to act like them so that I could be accepted by them. We're going to get a little bit deeper into this, but um, I want you to catch this. You got to stay focused on who God called you to be, because if you don't, you will allow rejection to change your identity, because we do not live life to be accepted by people. We live life because we are accepted. I'll deal with that when we come back. All right. Peace. Hey, family, and we are back. I think I left off talking about acceptance. I think that's where I left off. And I think I remember saying something like, you don't live life trying to be accepted by people, but you live life because you are accepted, right? Acceptance is very, very important here because if you don't understand that you are accepted already, then you know you will begin to only trust you and not anybody else. You will only trust you. And, what, and I want you to lean in with me so that you can understand what I'm getting ready to say here. Um, I, I remember reading, and um, I, I wanted to be accepted by people. I wanted people to love me. I wanted people to like me. I, wanted, I can't deny the fact that you like me. I wanted people to feel me. You know, I wanted to be touched by people. And I discovered that you got to be careful with that, too. Why? Because the wrong hands can touch you, and you can leave with the wrong spirit, right? So... Because I wanted to be accepted by people, it created an illusion in my mind that I had to become validated by them and I had to be affirmed by them. But if you understand God, he already affirms you, he already validates you. The first thing is he sent his only begotten son just for you. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son for us. So he didn't send his son uh, for us you know, to say, I want to be accepted. No, he sent his son because we are accepted by him, right? And if you don't understand that, you'll live your life trying to be validated by people, trying to be affirmed by people, and then the minute they do you wrong, then you say statements like, I don't trust nobody. I got me, boo, you know. And here's the thing. I get the independence. I get all of that. I had to learn this. I get the independence. But sometimes if you're the only person that you trust, then self-trust, honestly, can end into a tragedy. The overdose of self-trust will always end in a tragedy. I need y'all to catch that. Rewind it back. (laughs) The overdose of self-trust will always end in a tragedy. Um, Because, you know, you're trusting yourself and you really can't help yourself the way God intended which is why God put Adam to sleep and pulled Eve out of him. Adam, you can't do this on your own. You can't trust yourself to accomplish this. So I need to make sure you have help. We need each other. I I, I think, honestly, what we did in the church is we kind of, you know, we kind of heightened the whole, you know, uh, the use of the pandemic as, you know, you got to get home to yourself and you got to get God for yourself and I don't need nobody and I can have church on my own and you know I'm in my house and everything and that's all fine and dandy but I think what we did was we missed the the importance of community. We missed the importance of needing each other. And when we say statements like I don't need you, um you're overdosing on on self-trust. For The Scriptures does say, forsake not the assembly of gathering together. In Hebrews, we need community. Church is not a building. Church is is not a program. Church is the ecclesia, which is the body of believers. We need each other. We need each other. Now, let me give you a tool. When you come to understand that you need each other and the importance of it, then you ask God to give you direction on who to connect with. I think... I think our challenge is, one of our challenges is, is, is this. We don't really seek God for our connections. We don't really ask God, why am I connecting to this person? What is the purpose of this connection? Why? Because a lot of us in this culture, in this time, we are hungry for success. We are hungry for the next. So what the devil does is he creates an illusion. You didn't see anything and he knows that we are, are are running after success, right? So what he does is he puts that in the forefront of our mind. And then we connect to people who look like sheep, but they are really wolves in sheep clothing. And what we do is we connect to them because we have an expectation of them that's not a reality because we didn't communicate that expectation. And when we get hurt by them, now we are hurt, right? And we become bitter because, watch this, they were convincing they weren't credible. I need you to catch this. They were convincing they were not credible. They convinced you that they could love you. They convinced you that they could hold your heart. They convinced you that they was gonna take care of you, but you didn't take a credit report. Like, so when you go to the to the car lot, right? Even with your house, they're gonna run your credit to make sure your credit is good. They're not just gonna let you take the car off the lot or you just sign a dot for the house. They're going to check your credit to make sure your word is bond. I think we should apply that same method when connecting with people. We must check their credit. How did you treat your last relationship? That depends on how you're going to treat this relationship, right? There's a difference between credibility and being convincing. We'll be back after this. Hey guys, we're back. I pray and I hope that you've been getting something out of this um, because it's been blessing me to kind of just share uh, my thoughts and my perspective on uh, rejection and acceptance. And uh, it's been really good for me, very therapeutic to kind of just talk uh, my experience out uh, with this because everything that I'm telling you, um, I went through it, you know, connecting with people who were convinced and instead of really checking their credit and I think that's where we left off uh, the difference between people being convincing and people being credible and uh, when you connect with those people who are convincing but you don't check their you don't check their credit rather and uh, you get hurt by it if you were like me you listen to people tell you what you did wrong but you never experience somebody helping you to get through it or out of it as the church said you're coming out of this thing. Uh, that's an organ moment right there. You coming out of this thing. But let me help you, because you can come out of something and then go right back into it. And I realized this through the scriptures. Like, we, you know, and I've been innocent, uh, uh, you know, I've innocently preached like this uh, before. I've done this. And I don't want to cast blame on anybody because I tell people all the time, never follow a preacher that act like they ain't been through nothing. Okay? Never follow anybody that act like they ain't never been through nothing. But... um. You know, I've been through, you know, certain things and sometimes you need the steps, the tools to understand how not to go back in. The scripture says that God brings us out of darkness, right? He brings us, here's the key words, out, right? Out of darkness. But then it says into the marvelous light. So when you come out of something, you go into. (laughs) So you never come out to stay out. You come out to go back into, right? So crazy. But most of us, we come out of our thing and go right back into it because nobody gave us the tool to shift from darkness to light. So I've discovered that, you know, if we're going to talk about coming out of rejection and getting away from it and talking about how to decipher between convincing and credible, what what are some things I need to know about rejection and the people who operate in rejection so that I won't go back into it? Here, here's here's a few things um the behavior of rejection is judgment skewed because of the experience from the past so you you are clouded because the only way you view things now is through the lens of your past the only way you view things is from the lens of your past it's almost like people that are so super super religious right the Sadducees and the Pharisees they could not see what they prayed for when Jesus showed up. They've been praying for the Messiah, right? Jesus shows up and they can't see it because they're looking through the lens of their past, their religion, what they were taught, the way they were brought up, what they were born with. I want you to catch that. So they could not see this is a this is new. I'm coming out to go into new. They couldn't see that. That's the behavior. That's one of the behaviors of rejected people. Their judgment is skewed because of their experiences from the past. Another thing is you'll see them do to others what was done to them. It's, it's, it's a common phrase that we hear all all the time. This one statement we hear all the time. I think we're gonna hear it until till the ends of the earth. Hurt people, hurt people. And as 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 sad as it is, it's a true reality. Hurt people, hurt people because they cannot see most times that they are still bleeding. So they bleed on others. And uh, why do why am I bleeding on others? Because I never really had anybody to show me you're leaking <laughs> I didn't have anybody to patch me up and say Here are the steps that I'm giving now, right? So, you know, they're due to due to others what was done to them You know, people want to clap back Ah, See, when you walk with God Your clap back becomes easier Not to do You see how long it took me to say that? Whew <laughs> because some of us love to clap back Alright, I can't even stay there Here's another one People who have experienced rejection um, They desire closure uh, Through understanding more than anything What do you mean by that? People, people really, you know they, They're suffering from the syndrome of why Why did you do this to me? Why did you hurt me? Why did you lie on me? Why did you reject me? Um, you hear it all the time. Dad, why did you leave me? Mom, why did you leave me? You know, and and, and while we want the closure, we have to understand that with rejections, sometimes there is no closure with rejection. You, oftentimes you're dismissed or thrown out without even giving a reason. Do you think David got closure from Jesse as to why Jesse overlooked him for his other brothers? He didn't. He didn't even get closure with with Saul, who he ran after to receive something that he couldn't get from his own father. He looked at Saul like a father, but he couldn't get the love of a father from Saul. He couldn't get it. And Saul could not give him any closure. You remember they're in a cave. David comes up to him. This particular scripture, you should Google this. You know, we can Google anything. He's in a cave and he goes up to Saul, cuts a piece of his 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 uh, his garment off. And he's like, yo, I could have killed you. I could have pulled up, but I don't think that was gangster. I- Why you want to kill me? Saul could never give him any closure. Never. Notice how I used the, the verbiage, he could never. And I used it from a present tense instead of a past. Because there's some people that want closure. You desire that closure. And when you are seeking for that closure, you're wrestling with unforgiveness, you're wrestling with bitterness, you're wrestling with wrath, you're wrestling with rage. All because you're seeking something that is not possible for you to have, right? So, you know, you got to really understand these tools that, you know, we are giving you because here it is. When you wrestle with those things like bitterness, unforgiveness, um, rage, uh, wrath, Then what you do is you start to wear a mask and you hide your true, authentic self. So now you're walking around and people are seeing the bitter you instead of the heal you, because the reality is God never created you bitter. You were created whole. Right. So now what the devil does or the enemy does uh, is he creates this thing where now you're walking in self-denial about yourself. You don't even trust yourself and you're like you're wrapping yourself up in denial. You say things like I'm insignificant, like I don't have no value. You know, uh, don't nobody like me. You know, nobody loves me and you're in a state of denial. Um, but today we kind of want to expose the light on rejection like I did. I had to I had to realize that that although I had been rejected, I still have value. I still have significance. My gifts are very important because my gifts were not created just for me. They were created to help people. And this is why the enemy does not want you to leave rejection. Because the moment you leave rejection, people can benefit from your true authentic self. I pray this episode bless you as it has blessed me. Uh, Catch the next one. We'll be back on Simon Says. But before we go, let me give you a Simon Says moment. Here it is, with acceptance. There's a difference between assignment and audience, and if you don't understand those two, you'll live your life trying to be accepted by the audience when the purpose for your living is to fulfill your assignment. Don't get caught up in the audience. Everybody's not gonna like your assignment. Stay focused because there's a difference between audience and assignment. Fulfill Your audience. I can't wait to see y'all on the next episode. I want you to tune in with me, share it, like it. Let everybody know. Tell your mama and them we own what Simon says. All right. I love y'all guys. Peace.